Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Unruly Gents Fantasy Football Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jake Temchek, joined by Kevin Carboneau, Adam Gray, and Kevin BK Hilaire. What's up, dudes? Yo. What's going on? Yo, not too much. So, today we're going to be going over some running backs. Uh, real quick, why don't we introduce ourselves? Uh, I'm Jake. I am the host for today. And obviously, most of my picks, as you will see in uh, days to come, are built on emotion, and I get very, very, very attached to players. Kev? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm Kevin Carbono, and I am the resident uh, hilarious pick person. Uh, so I pick the funniest player as my last pick every single year, and it never fails. <laughs> Great. Uh, so my name is Adam and I am, if Jake is the one that makes the most emotional picks, I am definitely second on that list. Uh, probably more a little bit to the negative side though. Um, as you'll find out, I support my takes with very little facts and a lot of emotional feelings, uh, which you'll find out more about today. I love it. Last but not least, BK. I am Kevin, also known as BK when the other Kev's around. Uh, most of my picks are based on a gut feeling and have nothing to do with stats. I like to say Yahoo's projections are crazy. Same with ESPN. So I just kind of do it on my own. It seems to be uh, working so far. I like it. If you're listening, our main uh, league is based off of Yahoo, whose rankings have been uh, shocking this year, to say the least. But we'll get to that at a later time. As well as PPR. We uh, like to, we always do PPR. Yes. Just so people are aware. Yes. Full point PPR for us. I know a lot of people have started to go to half point. Uh, we like to try point. to make. Yeah. We like, the, we like, we the like points point. on the board. Points on the board. <laughs> keep it, uh, keep it consistent with high scoring games. Uh, so to start off the show, guys, I want to give you a little Jake's take. Leonard Fournette this year is a player to avoid. All right. I am going to just start by saying his own coaching staff in April, I feel like was very glossed over with this, uh, said that they were not exactly excited to be with him. They're going to, quote, move forward with Leonard Fournette. Uh, the number three overall pick just a few years ago, they never seemed too excited to have them as their lead guy. He had 265 carries last year, amounted to just over 1,100 yards, but he had 100 targets. Now, with Jay Gruden coming as the offensive coordinator and bringing Chris Thompson, somebody who is a prolific pass catcher and somebody that he's also familiar with in his Washington days, I don't see Fournette being that guy that gets 100 targets this year. Uh, He only had three rushing touchdowns this year, not to mention his own injury risks. He reminds me a lot of Darren McFadden, whose name may make people shudder when they hear that in terms of reliability. what do you guys think? Does Leonard Fournette make that leap? He isn't a contract year. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. So does anybody feel comfortable with him as your RB1? Ugh, no. <laughs> <laughs> RB1 is a stretch. RB1 is a stretch. I'm the highest on Leonard Fournette out of anybody. Um, I think he may not get 100 receptions or uh, targets like he did last year, but I think just Gardner Minshew, guys. You keep forgetting about Gardner <laughs> Fucking Minshew. Listen, I am okay. all in on Minshew mania. Give me that mustache now, and give me those dump offs. Do not let it for net. Yes, all to let it for net. Chris Thompson is going to be broken by week two. I count it, count it now. Two. Week two. Chris Thompson's on the bench for the rest of the year, <laughs> on the shelf. I. Um, but I think I think Fournette. I think he can go for for fifty catches, fifty fifty five catches this year. I do. I could give him and that. that and on a, in a PPR league that's huge i mean that's 55 extra points so that's why he's he got pushed up my rankings from where i originally had him at 15 he is now 11 now kev does it sway you when an anonymous source in april called him and i quote a pain in the ass (laughs) no no i'm a pain in the ass and i could easily go for at least 50 catches something (laughs) something tells you that quote-unquote anonymous source is probably their head coach or Leonard Fournette or himself. Leonard. Maybe, he, maybe he decided, listen, I'm going to make everybody think that I'm a pain in the ass. But maybe, maybe. You never know. Yeah. The most anonymous of sources. I, his, his current ADP right now is the back of the fourth round. It's not the worst pick at that. But if that ADP starts to rise at all, I am 100% slamming the door on drafting Leonard Fournette this year. 
Yeah. I mean, fourth round, I think you get some good value there, but definitely ahead of that pass. I, I, I'm comfortable. I'm very comfortable with him as my RB2. Would I take him as an RB1 if I had to? If I went really heavy on wide receivers in the first two, two rounds, I would, I would contemplate it, depending on who's left on the board. Fair enough. Well, fellas, let's talk some running backs. No, 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 no. Now, I think we all, based on our own rankings, uh, don't overthink it. Christian McCaffrey is the consensus number one pick this year in your fantasy drafts, uh, especially if you're in a PPR league like we are. That is a bona fide no-brainer. Uh, the dude had 141 targets last year. That's not going down. They don't have anybody behind him. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is not the type of guy to take deep shots down the field. He's going to be looking at him in the flat. Uh, anybody, someone out there will make a case why Christian McCaffrey should not be the first pick. And to them, I poo-poo them right out of this conversation. <laughs> and they are a fool. Yes. They are crazy. Because last year he was far and away. I mean, it, it wasn't even it a contest. It wasn't of, even close. Not even close <laughs> to, to one and two. So it's... <clears throat> To, to even insinuate that it's was he second in the league in catches last year behind a record-breaking performance? Yes. Is that, <laughs> is that what happened? <laughs> yeah, I, and I've heard so many people talk about how Lamar Jackson was a phenomenal quarterback and also a phenomenal running back in terms of his rushing stats. How about Christian McCaffrey's a phenomenal running back that'll also get you a, a thousand-yard type of receiving stat line as well. That's the yeah. type of guy you want. Don't again. Don't overthink it. He's going to be the guy that that. If you have him and the rest of your team sucks like mine did last year, guess what? You'll still finish fifth. So that's fine. <laughs> so, that's awesome. so that's great. That's awesome. So that's what that's what we strive for here at the yeah. Emerald Gents. That's right. <laughs> to finish fifth. Yes. Listen, I've never finished in the last place, and usually about number five is where to go, especially if you have somebody as safe as Chris McCaffrey. <laughs> <laughs> So I think number two is, again, you know, don't overthink it. It is Saquon Barkley. Uh, the dude is a physical freak, and he did get the injury last year. He still finished a PPR running back 10. 1,000 uh, yards, had 52 catches. Uh, I think he's another one of the safer uh, picks so you can, can really get at number two. Uh, does anybody think of anybody that you would take ahead of Saquon if you had the second pick? Nope. 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 <laughs> I, I, nope. <laughs> just based on talent, it's not even close. Yeah. Truly, I mean, it, this is not something that you're going to regret if you take him at second pick. And if for whatever reason, I've heard the, the Zeke argument with how loaded that offense is, and we'll talk about him in a second. But, again, I, Saquon Barkley is such a safe number two overall pick that I really don't think that there's anybody that you, you can really make too big of a case to take him uh, behind. So I guess. There's, sorry, go ahead. I, I was gonna say I don't like. Yes, CMC is the number one, strictly like volume and stuff. But you're talking athletic freak in nature. There's nobody else who gets through the line in two steps and then in another four steps is past the safeties. It's it's unreal. The, there's nobody else who's as much of a physical freak in the league as who, at, especially at the running back position, who has a better chance to take it to the house than Saquon. He's just yeah. unreal. Well, and his quads, guys, his quads, they're as big as my torso. <laughs> That's actually, you know, I, Saquon, if you ever hear this, I want us to get you and Kev in the same room and we're going to do like they, they measure suits. We're going to do that to your quads and we're going to do that to Kev's torso and really get an accurate end measurement because I'm saving oh, yeah. pretty good certainty that his quads are actually bigger than Very quads. certain. Oh, by oh yeah. yeah. Probably double. Yeah. Almost double. His, his quads are rocking a 34-inch waist. <laughs> uh, oh yes again physical freak <laughs> so going right into number three bk you have kamara at number three uh being a diehard saints fan i think that's pretty obvious why but uh talk a little bit about him and why you would take him over somebody like zeke or even delvin cook well a guy like alvin kamara he's averaged exactly 81 catches every year in his league. And in, in, in a PPR format, that's 81 extra points. Not to mention, he doesn't run short routes. He's lined up in the slot. He's running post routes. He's running deep slants. He's all over the field, catching those screen passes like the Saints like to run every other play. And in a down year, this guy had 
1,300 yards in a down, unhealthy season. So when this guy's healthy, he is a top three back every single season. And that's, but that's case closed. Great. You know, a 1,300 yards in a down season, you know who that sounds like a lot? Uh, Julio Jones. <laughs> we'll get to this that. This is a running later. back show. This is the running back show. <laughs> <laughs> we, will, we will readdress that at a later time. Uh, but if you're if you're playing the odds, uh, Alvin Kamara has had 81 catches the past three seasons. I think it's safe to say that uh, if you bet that he's going to get exactly 81 catches, chances are you're probably going to hit yeah be paid off pretty well. Uh, anybody else with Kamara? If you have the number three pick, Ray, are you taking Kamara or are you taking somebody else with that pick? Oh, it's rough. I had Kamara. I had Kamara a little bit lower. I think I had him as my yeah, my fifth. And, Gross. And, See ya. Right, I know. I know. Gross. I know. And it's. I, I just like. I feel like it's CMC, Saquon, Zeke, and then I am having. I'm having a hard time as it is not putting Dalvin Cook over Zeke. I just think he's going to have such a huge year, and I'll I'll talk about him a little bit more in a, a minute or so. But I just. I have a hard time hopping over Zeke. I'm having a hard time as it is not jumping Dalvin up two spots too. I like it. Speaking of Zeke, he is my consensus, or sorry, he is my uh, ranked number three uh, running back uh, consensus. He is number four. I don't know how anybody, maybe it turns people off with Zeke's uh, just personality. Uh, but in terms of strictly fantasy football and not maybe his off the field issues, I don't know how anybody can not feel comfortable taking him as one of the at least top three, if not top four backs. I mean, again, down year, he played nine, what, nine or eight games a few years ago, still finished with 983 yards. Uh, I think a safe floor is 1,300 rushing yards and 10 scores, and he's another one that catches the ball. And I understand that drafting CeeDee Lamb and having Amari Cooper and Mr. Moneybags, Michael Gallup, who is incredibly underrated in my book, and even rising tight end like Blake Jarwin, I know there's a lot of mouths to feed, but if the Cowboys can really hawk the ball like they have been, I mean, they could throw the ball 600-plus times, and I think that's going to give Zeke enough work that he's still going to be a valuable PPR running back. Uh, Kev, what do you, how do you feel about Zeke? Anything to add on that? Yeah, I had Zeke a little bit lower because I, I'm loving me some Derrick Henry this year, who we'll go over in a little bit. Um, but uh, I think Zeke's going to do what Zeke does. I mean, he's been the, the same guy for the last couple of years and I think he's just he's going to continue doing that but I think the other guys on top of him McCaffrey Barkley Camara I think those guys will will exceed what he is able to do with his limited uh receptions Zeke if you ever hear this stay away from the fair security guards stay away from the marijuana <laughs> shops stay away from the St. Patty's Day fairs or, or parades or whatever that one was where you pulled the girl's titty out of her shirt. Stay away from all that stuff. <laughs> it's COVID times. We need you to play 16 games. There's a chance it's not going to happen anyway. Don't make it worse by doing really stupid things off the field. Oh, I forgot about the titty incident. Oh, uh, <laughs> the, guy, the guy has somehow skirted oh from the commissioner's exempt list more times and more different things. I'm like, what is this guy doing? And again, oh Zeke, if you ever hear this, buddy, I'm on your side. You're my number three. Okay. <laughs> I need you to know this. Uh, oh continuing on, uh, contestants number five, Dalvin Cook. Uh, Gray, I believe you have him the highest, if not close to the highest. Uh, why do you like Dalvin Cook this year? Yeah, so I have him ranked number four. And like I was just saying, I am having a really hard time not even moving him into the third spot. When I originally did these rankings, it was still before uh, it came out that he, you know, was saying that he's planning to report. But um, when I did the rankings originally, it was, you know, we didn't know, was he going to hold out? Is he not going to hold out? Like so on and so forth. And he's since said that he plans on reporting. And I mean, you add that, the fact that his offensive coordinator now is Gary, uh, Gary Kubiak, now that Stefanski is gone and headed over to um, destroy Cleveland again. Um, <laughs> now that I mean, Gary Kubiak's there, Stefan Diggs is gone. So that chucks up a ton of vacated targets. The fact that Mike Zimmer, about halfway through last year, was like, okay, what's, what's this bullshit with throwing the ball? 
hand the ball off. Kirk Cousins, you're okay. Hand the ball off. It it was like straight up, hey, Arnold, give the ball to Tucker. But Dalvin (laughs) Cook. And I just, like, as it is, I haven't slotted for more points than Zeke. And, like, I like him. I love him this year. I have him on pace, 1,000 yards receiving, 1,000 yards rushing, 12 touchdowns on the ground, five touchdowns through the air. There's just so many vacated targets, and vacated targets tend to go to the running back, especially in a system where the running back is always on the field. He's such a huge focal point of the offense. I just – like, if it was not for the injury concerns – and I'm even with the injury concerns, I'm so high on him this year, I'm almost jumping him over Zeke, but I can't quite bring myself to do it fully. I There's a lot that I just loved about what you just said. Uh, give the ball to Tucker. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, man, I, I love Dalvin Cook this year. I think a thousand receiving yards is that spicy. That is a spicy, uh, yeah. Uh, that's a hot, yeah. I know that's that's a high. I just uh, there's so much open, there's so many vacated targets between it's it's not Diggs impossible. And- I mean, Diggs is gone. I really love Justin Jefferson this year. I think he's a very underrated rookie who is already on the COVID list. So, in a perfect world, he might not have that concern going into this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Thielen's about to be, I believe, 31. Uh, and Diggs did report uh, – sorry, uh, Dalvin Cook did report to camp already. Yep. So he's already there. I think those concerns might be behind him. Uh, again, you're, you're certainly the highest, but is anybody <clears throat> against taking Dalvin Cook as a, as a top five back? I, Kev, I know that you, uh, you've got quite the, quite the man crush that we will get to. No, uh, he's coming. He's, he's coming. coming. He's, he's coming. Actually, you can feel the earth shaking. As so cool well, moving on uh this is where it gets interesting because my number six running back after the damian williams opt-out mr clyde edwards hilaire clyde the glide kev you have him at 16 still mm-hmm. so sir mm-hmm. i challenge you to a duel I'll give you a minute. You tell me why you think the Clyde Edwards Hilaire, the only guy in the backfield right now, is not going to finish a top six running back. So here's here's my thoughts on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, my thoughts is he's a little undersized at five eight, two hundred and eight pounds as a rookie coming in. Um, can he handle the beating of the NFL? Can he do it at that size? Um, I do, I do believe that he will do well in the passing game. But is there enough work in the passing game to, to be successful? I mean, they have Tyree Kill. They have Sammy Watkins. They have Travis Kelsey. They have McCole Hardman. They have all these guys that are going to be catching all. Do we think that there's enough scraps left for Clyde Edwards-Alaire? And also, do we think that he will be able to be successful through the tackles in the NFL comparatively from college. 10 Continue, seconds. Sir. 10 seconds. No, no, no. I'm good. I think I got it. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. I do. Is he a little undersized? Yes. Did that stop him in college, especially his junior year? No. 1,414 yards just on the ground. In addition to 55 receptions and another, another uh, handful of yards I didn't write down on the ground. <laughs> Stop <the anniversary. laughs> You have Pat Mahomes telling Andy Reid, hey, I want this guy the 32nd pick in the first round. You know, his coach is asking his quarterback, they just paid, I don't know, $6 trillion. Which running back do you want? Of all, we have such a loaded talent pool. Which one do you want? He's like, I want Clyde Edwards-Solaire. Andy Reid himself compared him to Brian Westbrook. That's quite the comparison coming from the person that will ultimately dictate how much playing time he gets. Damian Williams is gone. There's no one. There's Daryl Williams, DeAndre Washington, and probably someone's nephew who they just like, hey, man, Darwin get us water sometime. You might get a Bring carry. Bring back Sharkandrick. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he'll be back at some point as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you saw the maturation process with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in college. He had Joe Burrow. His uh, junior year, he had all that success. And then he's going to Pat Mahomes, arguably the best, if not the top two, if you want to count Lamar, quarterback in the whole league. The most explosive offense, I think he's he's easily going to catch, uh, I'd say, 70 balls and have quite a bit of success on the ground if he can stay healthy. 
Again, I agree with you. His size is maybe a little undersized, but again, when you have a guy saying, I want that guy, is a, your quarterback is saying that, I think you're going to be golden, rookie or not. And Damian Williams, thank you for opting out because that really just solidified my first round pick. <laughs> and I think too, the, the one thing I'll I say that I, I agree with Jake a little bit more, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. I definitely don't have him down at 16, but I also don't have him up at six is when <laughs> the thing about the, uh, the chiefs offense too is, yeah, you're, you're right. There are a lot of uh, mouths to feed, but so McCole Hardman, <laughs> who will have 50 catches for 1,200 yards this year. And Tyreek Hill will have 70 catches for 1,500 yards this year. Yes. So I feel like there are going to be targets for him if for no other reason than the ball goes in the end zone after four plays on every single drive. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when – So that limits his opportunity. So he's only six I mean, catches the, left yeah, the whole season. Until they're up by 40 points and they're just like, here's the ball. But that's Here. the thing. That's the thing. Being an undersized guy, will he be able to handle the beating of a three-down back? I don't think so. That's Maybe, my. I mean, he's. That's I my feel argument. like he's, he's really only undersized in height. The guy's still two hundred pounds. I mean, that's yeah. not a tiny tailback. Yeah. year, he could be five ten next year. Yeah. And the guy. <laughs> the, guys, the guys are coming from. He could still be growing. <laughs> yeah. He's coming from LSU, which is an SEC school. And obviously, SEC defenses are probably the most comparable to NFL size. Those guys are all man-childs. So, I mean, if, if anybody's going to take the beating at his size, it's probably this guy. Yeah. I, th- I think you're right, Kim. He does come with some risk. Um, but it truly, this is such a good, uh, this is going to be such a weird year. I think all these guys come with certain risk. And not just COVID. I, with no preseason, with a shortened kind of the whole offseason programs, a lot of these rookies, they're going to be jumping in headfirst into the deep end. So either they're going to pick it up or they're not. And they don't have that reliable veteran in Damian Williams. They don't have that guy. You know, I just compare this to the situation that Kareem Hunt was in before he decided to, to kickbox uh, some trashy girl on a nightclub or hotel. Into an elevator. Yeah, whatever that one was. <laughs> You know, he had that opportunity once Spencer Ware went out, and all of a sudden Kareem Hunt comes in, similarly sized, similar skill set, and all of a sudden he's just taken off, and he was the the rookie wonder. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a better running back than Kareem Hunt, and he has this, you know, kind of this endless possibilities. He said, I don't think – do you think Daryl Williams or DeAndre Washington are going to be taking that many snaps from them? I don't know. I I don't think so. Okay, here's here's a scenario. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is left. Michael Thomas is left. Number six pick. Where do you go? Oh, number six. No-brainer. Michael Thomas. Yep. You're comparing the wide receiver one to the RD (laughs) consensus six? Six or seven. (laughs) Well, I mean, I've seen five guys go before, five running backs in a row, and then Michael Thomas is sitting there at a – about six. The hype is so real. That's that's pretty realistic. Yeah, five, the hype five is realistic. realistic. The I think, hype is. Yeah, I think five is as far as he falls in most drafts. Yeah. Well, are you sitting at number five, Kev? No. I wish. <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs> if he was sitting at number five, he would not be there at number six. I'll tell you that. I I mean the the hype is certainly real uh, with Clyde edwards Hilaire. He, I've seen recent mock drafts. He's gone as early as number two, and I've seen him oh, go, go oh, as late wow. as number ten. I'm, it's a realistic oh it's a realistic God. thing it is. Thomas or Clyde Edwards they could both be there and have being number six running back where do you go I'm okay Michael that Thomas. means one Absolutely. of that means one of the top three backs drops to me so that's fine I'm okay with that and you know when when you are doing your drafts this year always remember that even though you had a guy in mind he might not be there you have that flip your guy might not come. You have to you have to go and change and mold with the draft. If Michael Thomas falls to me at eight, I'm going to take Michael Thomas. I'm mock drafting in the sense that I probably won't be able to take him there. But in, hypothetically, if that were, I mean, I did one the other day where I took Michael Thomas at eight and I got Devontae Adams on the flip. It's not impossible. People draft and do strange things. So just keep that especially in our league. Especially, especially <laughs> in our league. Shout out to shout out to Papa D. Yeah, shout out to Papa D. Oh, third that round, Edelman. Is, Julian Edelman is third round. Always interesting. Hey, PPR machine, maybe. Yes. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about our consensus pick number seven. Now, Kev, I know you. I real quick because I it doesn't look like Derrick Henry somehow made it into our uh, our consensus top ten. 
So might want to figure that out. Yeah. No, nope, oh, that's no, wrong. No. He's number six. He's number six, bro. He 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 is number six. Look yep. under where it says consensus. Yep. Jake <laughs> <laughs> does not is. consensus. Jake That's correct. Is not the consensus list. <laughs> I, I, I was wondering who this guy consensus was, and was I able to find him? So, Kev, Derek Henry, our consensus number uh, number six pick. Let's have let's do a little Kev compares. Who? All right, so this week on Kev Compares, I compare two legends, Derrick Henry and the divine Greek hero himself of Hercules, okay? I like it. These guys, surprisingly, are similarly sized, okay? Maybe not in weight. Maybe not in weight. Derrick Henry is one inch taller than this man, and he is a Greek god, okay? He fights lions and shit. Um... (laughs) Unlike Hercules, though, Derrick Henry did not have to do 12 labors to find his fame and fortune. He did, however, have to split time for the first. Um, In his fourth year, he was able to utilize his massive size and speed to dominate games and just destroy all his opponents. Um, However, just like Hercules carried the Argonauts to victory in their quest, Derrick Henry... (laughs) will carry the Titans on his back to victory in 2020. I love this. I love this so much. I project our Greek hero for 1,500 yards rushing, 38 catches for 330 yards, and 13 touchdowns. If wow. Derrick Henry catches the ball 38 times, that will be the most godly thing he could Count do. it. Count I it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that... The Olympian himself. That was amazing. <laughs> Derek Henry. That was amazing. Anybody, anybody else have I, that's tough? That's a tough act to follow. Anybody else with Derek Henry? I, the guy is just an absolute monster. What did we say the other day? Saquon Barkley has Derek Henry posters hanging up in his bedroom. It's just, <laughs> the dude is bigger than most linebackers in the league. And I'm sorry if he's running full speed then I would so rather fast. take my chances having somebody hit me with like a Toyota Camry at 20 miles an hour <laughs> yeah. as opposed to Derrick Henry. I feel like that would I hurt would less. Rather, I would rather get hit by a pulling offensive lineman than get hit by Derrick <laughs> in a heartbeat. <laughs> in a heartbeat. <laughs> so moving but, on, our consensus number seven. I'm sorry, Kev, do you have something? No, nope, nope, nope. Continue. Derrick Henry. Market. <laughs> he is just going to be an absolute monster again this year. A Greek god. A Greek god, if you will. So continuing on to number seven, our consensus ranked uh, running back is Kenyon Drake. So. I would uh, like to continue on my rants. Um, yes, rant Kenyon away. Drake. Um, last year, he had a small sample size. Um, he found a pretty good amount of success um, on his new team. Um, in eight games, he had 123 rushing attempts uh, for 643 yards, and he added eight touchdowns. Um, obviously he's not going to get a touchdown per game next year. I just don't think it's feasible. He had four touchdowns in one game last year. Do I think he does that again? No, I don't. Um, however, he is a good receiver. Um, I think he will find a lot of PPR success as the workhorse back. Um, the addition of DeAndre Hopkins is, is very helpful. Um, I think it opens up one side of the field where DeAndre is, uh, they're going to have to double-team him, and it's going to open up that side of the field for Drake to get behind the back and get into the flat. Um, so I think that's that's an exploitable position for him. Um, last year, he had uh, 3.5 receptions per game. Um, I think he will be to up that to approximately four receptions per game, which would put him at around 65 catches in a PPR league. That is... That's huge. That's 65 points, like we said before. Points on the board, baby. Exactly. I'll take, I'll take all those points, please. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, whatever, whatever. But, yeah, uh, so I think he's, he's going he's gonna to do well in the receiving game. I think he's going to do fine in the rushing, um, rushing yards category. 1,000 yards is what I have him slated for. Um, and, and nine touchdowns, even though he had eight and eight games last year, I think I, it's not repeatable. I, I don't think it's going to happen. So I think nine touchdowns is pretty realistic, and uh, I think that's, uh, that's Kenyon Drake in a nutshell. I like it. 
He's a good back. And it's about time that he was on a team and an offense that was able to use his skill set. I mean, he showed last year he can catch the ball. He's great between the tackles. He's not a small back either. And watching him, he just seemed a lot more comfortable in Arizona than he ever was on stupid butthole Miami Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> he's really good, but yeah, yeah, we'll let him. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah, we have this uber talented Alabama running back who's got the size and speed to be successful. And what should we do? Uh, let's mix him in with Kalen Balage and see how well it works. <laughs> Kalen Balage is really good, though. Yeah, like really good. And sidebar, is Miami where running backs go to die? Because I was actually kind of high on Jordan Howard as maybe like a late round, kind of RB3, maybe even RB2. And now I'm just saying no. Literally, <laughs> this is great. They still got, no, they still got Matt Breida. No alternate. Well, well, not still. They added Matt Breida to that little committee, little, of course. So. You know, the little burrito. Yeah. just both. You couldn't even come up with, like, like a really I good – Like, I don't script. know. I guess, I guess it's a committee. They're a bunch of average yeah. – <laughs> bunch of average guys. Just, and, it's my, and it's Miami, so they'll find just, it and screw it up. Just like, hey, I know you need a breather, so we're going to bring in Patrick Laird. Just uh, <laughs> It's a three-headed kitten. Just That's uh, what we call those. <laughs> a three-headed kitten. Just uh, with a it's, side of uh, – aren't called anything. They're a three-headed kitten. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that Miami yeah. offense. Ah, poor Tua. He's going into just an absolute dumpster <laughs> fire. Uh, anybody anybody else like Kenny Drake? Uh, again, a, a relatively safe pick, especially in the first round. Uh, back half of the first, maybe even the second round if you can snag him then. I don't think you're going to be disappointed with that uh, that production. Gray or BK, anything on Kenny Drake? I hope he gets a billion points. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's this is going to be truly my favorite time of the, the, the show because, Gray, it's time. <laughs> it's time. Time for Convince Me, Gray. Why is Aaron Jones in RB1, our consensus RB8? All right. I would like to point out before I even start this rant that for everyone except for Jake, Aaron Jones is an RB1. Jake is the only one that has him behind Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, and yeah. okay, those are the only ridiculous ones. After that, they actually make sense. But <laughs> Aaron Jones, the guy had a fantastic year last year, and I will admit I am getting to keep Aaron Jones, so I'm a little tiny bit biased, and I had him last year. And I will even admit that I could have been happier with last year because he got all his points in four games. He had what, like three, four, 40 point, two 40 point games, 28 point game here, 30 point game there. And then Matt LaFleur was like, hey, we have five worse backs. Let's give them the ball 30 <laughs> times this game. It'll be great. There's no reason for it, but we're going to do it. Jamal Williams, you get in there and you catch the ball for two yards. And you carry it for less than three yards to carry. But – and I'm going to get you knocked out too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so I realize that there is a, a little bit of a pause for concern because – and I don't feel like that was the right phrasing there at all. But um, because of what I just talked about, for some reason Matt LaFleur – uh, in the vein of what I used to draft Lamar Miller every year, uh, Matt LaFleur is like, hey, you're really talented. You're super explosive. You catch the ball great out of the backfield, and every single time I give you the ball between the tackles, you get 12 yards in the carry. Listen, you're just – I just can't give you the ball. I'm sorry. Like, you got to give it to these guys to do well. And, and throw the ball to Alan Lazard or the corpse of Jimmy Graham or – because we can't possibly give it to our most explosive player. But even with that, he still managed to be, what, the running back two last year, if I remember correctly? It was a PPR RB2. PPR RB2. Granted, yes, PPR a little bit lower in the, in the half-point leagues and that stuff, but still up in that top ten range. And, yeah, they, they drafted J.K. Simmons or whatever his name a- is. A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon, whatever. It was a J.K. J.K. Simmons, same thing. Yeah, old Jonah Jameson coming in. J.K. Rowling. Yeah, J.K. Rowling, yep. And I realize that people are all worried about that. And admittedly, I'm a little bit worried, too, because Matt LaFleur likes to use his less talented running backs more. I don't 
I mean, I guess if you go 13 and three, but I also heard the stat the other day that the, um, the Packers last year were, I believe, nine and one in one score games last year. Nine and one in one score games. That doesn't happen two years in a row. They're not going to be able to do the same thing they did last year. They're going to have to, at some point, they're going to be down. They're going to have to throw the ball. And he's their best chance at getting big yards on the ground when they hand him. Like, I, I can't even argue this because it's like you hand him the ball, he's your best chance for big yards. You toss him the ball, he's your best chance for big yards. Like, I, I don't even understand how this is an argument in that backfield, but Matt LaFleur makes it that way. You know who's going to get big yards, Gray? Two words Reggie Begleton. Ah, Reggie Begleton. <laughs> My dude. Gray, I. Receiver show. Receiver show. I, I hear what you're saying. I don't even know what he is. Is he even a receiver? He's, receiver. He like, he's, he's great. Okay, Whatever he is, he's great. <laughs> Reggie Begleton. Count it. Count it. Great. I, I hear what you're saying. And and here's where I, I start to disagree. Now, he is my RB12. So in 12 point. Uh, sorry, 12 team leagues. He's still in 12 point PPR. In 12 point PPR, he is going to be insane if he's 5,000 points. Uh, for, for those out there who have leagues set up for Aaron Jones, it's an Aaron Jones premium league. <laughs> so in 20 I, I, teams leagues, he's a, yes. he's a solid RB1. He's certainly in 12 team leagues. I still have him as an RB1. Granted, he's the worst RB1 you can have, but still. So I still have him at 970 yards, 48 catches, 420 yards, and 12 touchdowns. That still puts him at RB12. In 16, year, in 16 team leagues, Gordon's my number one. See, but here's the thing. You have a very talented back in A.J. Dillon. And you know who hates, just absolutely hates having multiple backs with talent? Matt LaFleur. Because he's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And we're talking about, Clyde Edwards Hilaire being undersized. Aaron Jones is only 5'9, 208. He's only one inch taller and the same weight. So I would say he's more of, and I think Alvin Kamara is actually a little bit bigger than Aaron Jones is. It doesn't seem yeah. it because of how many red yeah. zone opportunities he got. But you look at it, AJ Dillon is six feet and 200 and what, 50 pounds? He's a monster of a human being. And if you work well for Eddie Lacy, listen, old cheeseburger <laughs> Eddie was not oh, built man. for muscle. He was he was built for comfort, not for speed. <laughs> so, Don't forget about Fat Rob. And Fat Rob. Don't forget about Fat Rob. So I just mark it down. I know it's going to be frustrating to watch. And I know Aaron Jones is going to be good. And I, of course he's going to be good. But you know who's going to be equally as good? A.J. Dillon. Mark it Equally, down. Equally, come on. Mark it down. A.J. Dillon is going to so have – So then you have him at 13, right? <laughs> I actually got him right 13. I have Aaron Jones at 12A and A.J. Dillon at 12B. So, <laughs> so Gray, you have convinced me. I, am, I, I have officially raised Aaron Jones uh, to the 12 spot from the 12B spot. I actually had him and A.J. Dillon flipped before this, so I am uh, 100%. Uh, we'll do that. Uh, I realized instantly what I did um, with uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, so we will not talk about him a second time, even though he's going to be amazing. Uh, so, BK, <laughs> our next uh, running back here on our consensus rankings is Miles Sanders. Uh, what do you like about Miles Sanders this year? So, Miles Sanders was probably the guy I had the hardest time ranking, mainly because he didn't start – a lot of games until the end of the season, and he still wound up with 800 yards on the ground, 50 catches for 500 yards through the year. And last season was the Carson Wentz show for 16 games. That entire team was injured from quarterback to cornerback. That whole entire roster was just <laughs> nothing but backups from their farm league team. <laughs> it was unbelievable what the hell Carson Wentz was able to pull off with a bunch of backups. Now, Miles Sanders has been a stud his entire life. The, the, the only time he was unsuccessful was backing up Saquon Barkley. And, he, and that's just because he wasn't on the field, because Saquon is Saquon. Now, if this guy actually starts 16 games, because there is virtually nobody outside of Boston Scott to compete for carries. <laughs> Jordan Howard's gone. He's, he's in Miami. Blount's been gone for how, however many years. The goal line carries are his. So if this guy's on the field for 16 games and starts every game, I mean, last year with starting 10 games, he had 50 catches. 
Now, who knows how high that catch ceiling is for this guy? And especially in a PPR league, this guy could end up with Kamara numbers with 80 catches and 1,000 yards on the ground. 81 catches. 81 catches. Did you hear the um, – I heard it on another podcast. I think it was either today or yesterday about the running backs coach, what he said about uh, Miles Sanders. I did not. He was. He said that he hopes that he doesn't have to limit him to 15 touches and five receptions. Oh, he, cor- like 15- he corrected himself. He yeah, he, he did. He did. Yeah, he said he doesn't, doesn't want to limit. He wants to be careful so he doesn't limit him to 20 touches a game. Really? That's yeah. an interesting yeah. take. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so we go um, from the Carson Wentz show to the Miles Sanders show. I am 65 <laughs> touches a game. Firmly on your side of the, of the argument. There you go. I mean, he, he had less than 200 attempts last year. In comparison, a guy named Joe Mixon had 280 carries. <laughs> Joe freaking Mixon. Now, if this guy gets anywhere near that amount of carries, he could absolutely explode. But like every other Eagle, he could be injured for 14 out of 16 games. So who knows exactly how this is going to work out. The only things that are working against him is there's always major offensive line injuries in Philadelphia. And yes, there's a zillion injuries across the board, but the offensive line, especially they made it more difficult for Carson Wentz. I think it's going to make it more difficult for that for Miles Sanders if they can't stay healthy. Uh, the thing that's going to help him, though, is Alshon Jeffrey is, I believe, right now on the pup list and will almost certainly start the year on the pup list. So you figure the first six games are going to be without him. Sean Jackson's 34 years old. Jalen Rager, who I'd love as a rookie, he's a rookie. You don't expect him to come in and catch, you know, 150 passes. But that's the type of time where Carson Woods is going to be looking. They do have two very good tight ends and Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. But at some point, those dump offs and just let Miles Sanders do what Miles Sanders did at the end of the year. I think the Eagles are going to be successful for it. And I think people that have Miles Sanders on their team are going to absolutely love it. Yeah. And they Al also Sean lost Jeffrey. Uh, Marquise Goodwin already. He, he opted out. So that's another thing right. they're down early. Alshon Jeffrey lives on the pup list. He does. He, isn't, he doesn't. He actually has real estate on the pup list. <laughs> you didn't know. So his full time house is on the IR, and his summer home is on the pup list. Right. Uh, both, both prime prime pieces of real estate. God, yeah, Alshon. He's the only one that wants to be there. Seriously, Alshon, starting you week one last year when you got two touchdowns, I could not have been happier. From that point on. <laughs> From that point on, I could not stand having you on my team. At one point, I tried to trade you for real money. And another time, I tried to just drop you. And I literally was just like like a, a great out. Sick. You were sick about it. Uh, you were on the pup list about it. I was. I had to put myself on there for six weeks before I said, you know what? I, I, I don't want this, this player anymore. I don't want this at all. So, I, of course, I, I – I, Put them out of order, but our consensus uh, number 10 ranked running back is, of course, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Again, he's going to be amazing, despite what Kev says. Uh, but, BK, let's, let's play a little pump the brakes. I know that you mentioned uh, Mr. Joe Mixon. Why are you so sour, asks this guy? who loves Joe Mixon this year. Why are you so sour on Joe Mixon? I think I've been sour on Joe Mixon since the day he left Oklahoma. I don't think I've ever once said, man, Joe Mixon is killing me this week. But there's been numerous weeks where I've said, why the fuck is Joe Mixon in my life? <laughs> that has happened more than I can count. This guy had... 280 carries last year. He was the guy last year. That entire team was a train wreck last season. They had nobody else to go to but Joe Mixon. With that said, he was the RB14 in PPR. I can tell you that. That's not great. That's certainly not. That's that's not that great. Now, this season... 13. 13. All right, so close enough. Off off by one. My bad. So this season, sure, the offense might improve a little bit. They're getting a rookie in Joe Burrow with no offseason training, with no preseason, and a shortened uh, 
whatever to call it, the, the, the beginning of the year shortened here. Yes, training camp. There we go. They've got an A.J. Green who hasn't been healthy in 10 years. That's that's awesome. <laughs> They've got Tyler Boyd who is solid. They've got John Ross who can't stay on the field for, for more than five yards. T. So, Higgins. That's all you need to T. know. It doesn't, take, doesn't take him long to get down those five yards, though. <laughs> that's yeah. true. He's really fast. They've got the worst offensive line in the NFL. They made no improvements to the worst offensive line in the NFL. None. Not one signing. <laughs> that I think they drafted somebody in like the fifth round. That was their that was their one fix. <laughs> Done. Spit glue That's together. good. That's we're good. <laughs> listen, stick a fork in it. <laughs> Cincinnati beat writers will tell you that they have it really bolstered their offensive line to protect a young quarterback in Joe Burrow. I don't know who. I don't know what's different. Oh no, they've got. I mean, Joe, Joe Burrow is going to have a tough time. So with that being said, I think they're going to be stacking the box a little bit, and Joe Mixon is going to have another tough year. Even with someone who's probably going to dump down to him a lot, he only had 35 catches last year. I expected a lot more, actually, playing with Andy Dalton and playing with whoever else they had playing quarterback for however many games that train wreck lasted. Kev, didn't you start a couple games for the Bengals last year? I did, yeah. I was the starter. It was Kevin Carbono. Uh, I think I had, like, I think I threw the ball like six times, and I got, I got a hundred, hundred something fantasy points, hundred something, hundred points per week, hundred points per week. Yeah. Now yeah, I've I've been down on Joe Mixon for so long. I like if he was on the board at twenty, I don't think I would draft him. I just I've never drafted I've never drafted Joe Mixon. I think the only time I've ever had this guy on my team is when somebody's basically giving me a free trade. Then I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? And then stupid so every year. starts them. Yeah. <laughs> every <laughs> year, every year, someone's like, I hate this guy. Take him, please, basically. please take him. And then I was so happy to put him in the lineup, mind. and then he scores five points. And I'm like, well, fuck me. This is why he was traded to me to uh, sabotage uh, my fucking team. <laughs> every goddamn hell, man. <laughs> every goddamn season. Now, I mean, Mixon does have back to back 1,100 yard seasons. Do you think that that is a safe floor for him with Joe Burrow at quarterback? I say, I think that's almost as high as he's going to get with. Joe Burrow at quarterback, just because, like I said, the he's going to be going against a stacked box with a, with a, with us up front and blocking for him. It's just not it's just not going to work out well. Like like a, a, a big safety blanket for tight for uh, young quarterbacks is their tight end. The Bengals have no none. I, I can't name a single tight end on that roster. Do they still have CJ Uzama? Oh, use him. He's got to be a hundred by now. Oh, <laughs> probably. Ooh. I know Eifert's gone. Who's him? He's Eifert. on some other team. Oh. Not that he played for more than two games a season, anyways. But he's gone. Uh, Drew Sample, Seethen, Seethen Carter. Seethen is a first name. Seethen. What is like? What is a Seethen? I don't know. C e t h a n. Seethen. Seethen. T h a. I think it's pronounced I don't want to. My. Yeah, <laughs> I think they were trying to say Ethan, and by accident just put a they C put there. It, They're yeah. like, "Oh fuck!" I they, they Michael too late now. They Michael Strayhanded uh, Ethan. Yeah. They're like, "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> uh, Mason Shrek and Jordan Franks. That's Mason those, Shrek. Those are your tight ends. Shrek. Shrek. Okay. Kevin, Kevin's okay. last pick. Kevin's last yeah, pick. Mason Shrek. Mason Shrek. Put on the board. What is it with tight ends and funny names? Jeremy Sprinkle? No? <laughs> That's a funny name. That is. I love it. I, so this is just my, my hot take on Joe Mixon. I love him this year. And I know for none of those reasons yeah. other than if, if, if you told me Joe Emotions. Mixon was going to have a thousand rushing yards, but something along the lines of 55, 60 catches instead of 35, I would be more apt to take him probably the second round. I I truly believe running backs this year, especially with, with these weird times and they have such a strange uh, depth chart at running back on the Bengals too. a bunch of guys that always had this weird hype, you know, Giovanni Bernard, they sent to an extension, but then wanted to trade, got no trade offers. He's, he's, he's still there being a third down back. He's, so, I mean, that's, he's that's the, still thorn, a Joe Mixon. the thorn in your foot when you say, man, I need Joe Mixon to get me like five yards. And then Giovanni Bernard comes in and catches a pass and, and takes it 72 yards or some crazy number. And you're like, well, that's awesome. 
I think Joe Mixon might be the most frustrating player to own in in our top twelve consensus rankings. Uh, but sour Mixon, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There we go, guys. Time for some uh, quick one-minute speed rounds. I'll go first of what, some players outside your top 20 that you are more thinking they're going to make it either into your top 20, maybe even your top 10. Uh, I, I say that it's outside of my top 20, and after doing my rankings, I am almost certain that I'm going to uh, move this player up. Uh, I'm going to start off with Jonathan Taylor. I love him this year. He's absolutely just an athletic freak. Uh, in college, he had so much success. He had over 6,100 yards on the ground in three seasons in college. Uh, he had over 60 total touchdowns, again, in three seasons. If any number, any one of those numbers translates to the pros, he is going to be an absolute monster for the Colts with one of the best offensive lines in the entire league. He's going to be, you know, Marlon Mack, not saying Marlon Mack is a bad back by any means, but they drafted Jonathan Taylor in the second round for a reason. They're not going to sit there and say, oh, it's going to be a 50-50 split between Mack and Taylor. It's going to be the Jonathan Taylor show at some point. It might not be right away, but at some point they're going to realize that he is the back that they need to win their football games. Phillip Rivers in the on the Colts now, they're going to need to rely on a strong running game to get him up to speed and get him to where he needs to be in his, I don't know, age 56 uh, year. Uh, love Jonathan Taylor this year. I have him at my RB21, and I think as the time goes and maybe some more training camp news comes out, I'm almost certain that I'm going to move him up in my rankings. Jonathan Taylor, anyone? Jonathan Taylor. No, I, I'm a big I, fan. I of love Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, I, 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 I wish I wish you didn't love him because now we're going to be in competition for him. That's, <laughs> right. that's the only thing I got. You know who well, I do like? Right. Somebody's going to take him in round three. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh, JT. Oh. Mm-hmm. Gun to my head. I'm not sure which one I like better. <laughs> it's awesome. Obviously, it's Jonathan awesome. Taylor Thomas. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably pick Jonathan. Jonathan Taylor, Taylor four, five, six-year career, just based on average. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I mean, when did those movies come out? A 20, lifetime. 25 years ago? Yeah. Of entertainment. A, a like lifetime it. of entertainment. Uh, so, Kev Carb, why don't you give me your hot take with James White? So, James White. Uh I've always just had a soft spot for James White. I just love the guy. He's always – you need a clutch <clears throat> couple of yards. You need a clutch play. He's always there. He just always seems – whenever he gets the ball in his hand, he does something special with it. Um, I think he's going to be a safety valve for Cam. Um, Cam is obviously lo- – he's lost a lot of – I mean, the whole team is just like, peace, we're out. Um, he's so, the new Patriots. Yeah, yeah, the new look Patriots, uh, in cor- the quarantine, if you will. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but forty man roster. Yeah, you know James White. He's he's just old reliable. Um, he's a prolific pass catcher. I mean, he just he he might as well be a wideout. Um, he's going to find PPR success. Um, and he did it last year. I think he's gonna he's gonna creep into the top twenty. Um, I think he's you know he's just a very very athletic, very talented player that I happen to love. As a diehard Pats fan, I could not agree more. I'll tell you right now, there's one play of all the Patriots football and all the football in general that I've watched in my lifetime. There's one play that will forever be burned into my brain and nothing I will ever see will top it. It's when Brady tosses the ball to James White on just a little halfback toss. And he just one little sidestep and just falls into the end zone, and the Patriots, <laughs> the Falcons, is Super Bowl Fifty One. Uh, that will forever be one of the greatest sports moments of my entire life. BK, 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 I was actually, I was actually happy. BK loves the Falcons lost. Yes, that was the one time I was like, yes, go Brady, because Matt Ryan and the Falcons lost. So I was totally on board with that comeback. I love it. Can we continue for perpetuate that? Kev's favorite team is the Falcons to the point where people actually think it's the case. Yes. I'll throw up. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll throw up every, every episode. You will hear me throwing up in the background. We'll have start having people send you really obscure uh, Falcons player jerseys. 
<laughs> you'll, you'll be rocking yeah. like a bear pass coaches offensive yes. lineman there you go you'll be like hey did, did you get the Brian Hill Brian Hill jersey I say yeah <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Oh it doesn't it doesn't fit um but a, Matt, a, Matt, a Matt Schaub Falcons jersey yes. please yes, oh, yes. yes. <laughs> he sent me an extra small I don't know I don't know why <laughs> but uh James White man I he had he still had seventy two receptions last year, and and the Brady to James White connection might be something that it's not even able to be replicated uh, with Cam Newton and or Jared Stidham. Uh, when Cam came in, I think everybody kind of the consensus was he's going to be the starter. Uh, obviously, Belichick doing normal coach speak, he's not guaranteed the job. So whoever the starting quarterback is, either Cam, Jared Stidham, it's not going to be Brian Hoyer, but. <laughs> They're going to need that not. that old faithful dump off. Uh, James White's always going to be that guy. Uh, that backfield is such a nightmare to play every single week. But James White always seems to be that guy that you can start with confidence, especially in a PPR league. Gray, tell me why you love Cam Akers this year. Cameron Akers. I don't even know if that's actually his first name. Cam Akers. I'm assuming it's Cameron Akers. It's Cammy, actually. <laughs> It's Cam, uh, Cam, 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 No, it's uh, it's camouflage. Camouflage. Oh, camouflage acres. Yeah. Camouflage acres. <laughs> yeah. um, Legal name. Right. So Cam Akers. Um, again, this is kind of just another field pick. Like they kept Todd Gurley on that team. They paid him a ton of money before shipping him off this year. Obviously, trading or no? Did uh no? He was released, no, right? They, they just cut him. They cut him. Really That's smart. right. Sorry. They cut him. Um, and then, you know, last year, pick up Daryl Henderson, Darrell, whatever the hell his first name was. Henderson. And because, you know, Gurley has the needs of an 80-year-old. And, and Right. And then they spent the first half of the year throwing the ball a thousand times and handing it off to um, a three-headed if, – if, I, I don't even know what's one slight step above a three-headed kitten. That's what they had puppy. in puppy. Three-headed puppy. Three-headed puppy. puppy. Three-headed puppy. That's what they had it going on in um in uh I almost said St. Louis in Los Angeles last year, and because Malcolm Brown was terrible, Daryl Henderson was terrible, and Todd Gurley was like relatively <laughs> terrible. So yeah, man. So slightly worse, but Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, neither of those guys are have anywhere near the talent to be a feature back. It's another thing, like we were just talking about the Falcons, kind of reminds me of that backfield, right? It's actually kind of ironic now I think about it that Todd Gurley went there because Brian Hill is kind of terrible. Um, Ito Smith is really terrible. So, like, what else are they going to do? It's Smith. the same. Mm. He's the only one of their backs right now that really has a legit chance to catch the ball out of the backfield and get some, like, real real targets and real time on the field. And if they continue with what they did last year, running more of that 12 personnel, two tight ends, all that stuff, I feel like he could have a really big season, if for no other reason than the other guys in the backfield have just about zero talent. Yeah. It's difficult because not too many people watch a ton of ACC football, especially Florida State. Around here, it's not overly televised. Uh, But the one thing after watching a lot of highlights with Cam Akers – their offensive line was so terrible at Florida state and he still wound up with 1100 plus yards. Right. One of the 18 total touchdowns his junior year, the kid's a stud, an absolute stud. And if I'm not mistaken, I have to have somebody uh, make this a definitive, but I'm pretty sure Cam Akers was their first pick in terms of when they started <clears throat> drafting this past sure. year. I believe that. Yeah. They, they didn't have a first or second round pick. So I believe that's the case. So you take Cam Akers in the third round. I mean, you, you cut Todd Gurley, who right. people say what they will about his knee. I mean, Cam Akers is the guy that they brought in to replace him. I've, I've heard so much about how it's going to be a three-headed monster and how the you know an obvious Puppy. running back by committee. Cam Akers is by far the most talented back on that team right now. Yep. The only thing that's going to be against him is, again, with a rookie coming into a shortened offseason, a limited training camp, is he going to learn the offense fast enough? Sean McVay is a smart guy, and he's going to find ways to use Cam Akers with his skill set. I think he's going to be an absolute steal. He's going around the sixth, even the seventh round right now. There are far worse picks you can make in the seventh round. Yep. Kev, BK, anything to add about Cam Akers? <clears throat> nope. Nope. I'm anti-Rams over here, so we're good. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> good on that. Oh, right. 
I was like, yeah. that's so random. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. no, I'm still, yeah. I'm still not over Typical that. Typical Saints fan. <laughs> I'm, not, still not, I'm gonna sign up a petition this weekend about something else. Let's yeah, you guys gonna bring back Pastor Fear for another year and ruin our season again? Absolutely. Listen, it, wor- it worked out so well last. They time. brought in the the PI review thing, and there were like so many PI reviews that were overturned with that new rule. It was so, know, it was, it was like, crazy. It was like, it was like, it was so real. good. <laughs> They're like, hmm, somebody didn't get Madden hit stick before the ball was even remotely close to them. Not a, not a pass interference. Yeah. Oh, that did happen? Man. Still not a pass interference. Awesome <laughs> first time. Gotta oh, love those God. Saints. What was that? What was that thing I saw? Somebody has to. This is, uh, I haven't seen Peyton crying himself to sleep about it. Uh, I did see this thing after that that said uh, all these tears from uh, crying Saints fans is going to cause Hurricane Katrina 2.0. I think oh, that was- <laughs> oh, come on. Sorry. Sorry. Unruly drop. On that happy note, BK, tell me why do you love Raheem Mostert this year? Raheem the Dream. I'm a speed guy. I love my fast guys. Raheem is a track star. The guy makes Matt Breida look slow, and not a lot of guys can do that. I know Tevin Coleman came on strong towards the end of the season to a lot of people's frustrations, I'm sure. But yep. in the playoffs, Raheem was running that team all the way to the Super Bowl. That guy will take one toss play and take it to the house. The 49ers are a power run team. He might not be a power back, but he's fast enough to get through those holes and turn them into huge, huge games. Now, Matt Breed is gone this season, so that frees up a lot of carries. Yes, they have McKinnon coming back off an injury, but that'll last about two weeks because McKinnon. Yes, Tevin Coleman is still there, but even if they split carries for an entire season, I mean – Mozart barely played until towards until the end of the season. Really, like he, he was there, but he wasn't getting as many carries as he was towards the end of the year and the playoffs. So, I mean, since that formula worked so well, besides the fact that it's Kyle Shanahan, why would you go away from that? Because in typical Kyle Shanahan fashion, when you're up twenty-eight to three, let's change everything we're doing and lose the fucking Super Bowl, or twenty-one to ten. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, I mean, outside of it being Kyle Shanahan, why would you get out of that mindset? I mean, they've got no one to throw to. They they lost Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, they've they obviously have George Kittle, but Debo Samuel's broke his foot, so he's already out. Yeah, they drafted Brandon Ayuk, Ayuk? Ayuk. but he's he's coming off of an, an injury from Arizona State, so who knows how healthy he's really going to be. I, just, I mean, there's just a lot of opportunity for, for for this kid, and hopefully they run more than they let Jimmy throw because that would be the smart thing to do with that defense behind them. And if they do that, then, I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, this guy wanted a, a new contract. They easily could have traded him because they still had McKinnon and Coleman, and they didn't. They fixed his contract because they want this guy on the team. To me, that means they're going to give him the ball. I mean, there's no reason not to. Is it out of the realm of possibilities where Raheem Mostert gets 250 carries? Yes, that is a lot of carries. <laughs> that is a lot of carries. He is the colonel, so maybe. Yeah, I mean, it, that, is, that, is, that is a lot of carries. I mean, I, I think that happens maybe if Coleman and McKinnon both go down, which is clearly a, a possibility because everyone in that backfield is made in glass. McKinnon, so, I, mean, I mean, that could happen. Yeah, McKinnon, McKinnon will be out by week three. That is that is a fact. <laughs> so how long Tevin Coleman lasts, I say definitely uh, will um, – We'll tell you how many carries that this guy's going to get. Yeah. I mean, it, it, running him as much as they did, it brought him to the Super Bowl. You know, I, yes, exactly. in a perfect world, uh, Kyle Shanahan, who was a smart guy and a good coach, would sit there and say, yeah, that, that makes total sense. I, Raheem, how many carries would you like a game? 25? You got it. Let the man run. You know, they, ha- they know what they have in Tevin Coleman. I'd like to say they know what they have in Jarek McKinnon when they handed him all that money. And they has he played a single down? <laughs> I don't think he's played no, one down so. during the regular season. He's gotten hurt every preseason. Yeah, I feel like poor, Jarek McKinnon, when he was a sleeper for the Vikings, I feel like I was still in high school. But I don't think that's the case. It does feel a long time ago. He was he, he was he was a combine freak, wasn't he? Didn't he like test better than Adrian Peterson in like every yeah. single freaking category? I think he set and, the uh, running back the bench press. Yeah. <laughs> 
Which apparently yeah. transfers well to injury prevention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, none of those injuries were uh, pectoral tears. Exactly. So, <laughs> Maybe uh, you should be focused a little less on the bench press then. Yeah. Uh, anybody else? I mean, I love Raheem Mostert, and he's he's falling in some drafts to the sixth and seventh round. I mean, that that's a no brainer yeah. if you're drafting at that point to take him there as as, as an RB three. RB three definitely RB3 upside for RB two. Like yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Greg, Kev, what do you think of Raheem Mostert? Anything to add on that? No. I think the fact that they gave him an extension is good, and I think he's going to be jumping back up a little bit. He fell, but I think he's going to be right back where he kind of started. Yeah. But I don't have a ton to say on him. I have one thing to say. He is Colonel Mostert forever. Mostert, for sure. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think that just about does it for this episode of the Unruly Gents Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, like you said, going to your drafts, drafting with confidence, some of these guys in the first round, second round, and uh, we'll see you next time. Don't take Aaron Jones, number 12. <laughs> right, 12A. 12A. No, no, 12B. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Peace. Peace. See you. Cool.